Greetings. One must not get one's knickers in a twist. Every year, in early December, children in Austria get ready for St Nicholas to visit them. If they've been good, he'll reward them with presents and treats. But if they've been bad, they'll get a lot more than a lump of coal. They'll have to face Krampus. Who's Krampus, you ask? He's the half-man, half-goat that comes around every year to chase naughty children and maybe even drag them to hell. European versions of St Nicholas have long been scary counterparts. Krampus, who is one such character, who comes from folklore in Austria's Alpine region, where he's been frightening children and amusing adults for hundreds of years. Krampus and St Nick's other bad boys have their origins in pagan celebrations of the winter solstice. Later, they become part of Christmas traditions in which St Nicholas visits children to reward them on December the 5th or 6th. Around that time, his menacing partner would also visit kids to punish them. In Alpine Austria and some parts of Germany, this day was known as Krampusnacht or Krampus Night, when adults might dress up as Krampus to frighten children in their homes. Children might have also seen Krampus running through the streets in a Krampus run. It was a way of scaring children into behaving themselves. The Krampusschlauf, which isn't tied to a specific day, was a way for grown men to blow off steam while probably still scaring kids. Austrian men would get drunk and run through the streets dressed as Krampus, the fearsome creature. That tradition still continues to this present day. The introduction of mass visual media couldn't help but sweep the charismatic Krampus up into its weave when the postcard industry experienced a boom in Germany and Austria in the 1890s. It opened the way for Krampusstein. These holiday cards were not meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Once marked, greetings from Krampus showed Krampus stuffing a distressed child into his satchel and preparing to hit him with a bundle of birch sticks. Many of these postcards depicted Krampus going after children with his sticks, leading them away in chains or carrying them off in his bag. There were also cards that were little more adult. Krampus cards in the early 20th century shows him punishing children, yes, but also proposing to women. In some cards, Krampus is portrayed as a large woman whipping tiny men with her birch sticks and carrying them off in her satchel. In other, a smiling woman dangles a defeated-looking Krampus in the air, holding his bundle of birch sticks behind her back. 
you can draw your own conclusions about the gender politics in these. For over a century, most Americans and British have probably never heard of Krampus. With the release of Krampus the film in 2015, more Western markets were exposed to Krampus. In the UK, there was also an amazing episode of Inside Number 9 that featured Krampus. To describe Krampus, if I was a religious man, I would say that this is how the devil would look. He is actually terrifying. Just do a quick Google search and you will see that I'm not wrong. I want to leave you with a poem by Phil Rickaby. I also want to quickly apologise about my German pronunciation. Considering I studied German at school and I eventually want to live in Germany, I'm not actually very good. But less of me, here is that poem. Keep quiet, my child. Hide under your sheet. For the Krampus is out tonight looking for meat. He's searching in shadows. He holds a large sack into which he puts children who will serve as a snack. On this night, this devil is given free reign to find the bad children and inflict on them pain. He can't touch the good ones. Oh, not on your life. But good children are rare, and the bad are quite rife. Of course, you've been good. Of that, you're quite certain. Except for that time that you pulled down the curtain, and there was that one time when you pulled the cat's tail, when you threw such a tantrum, you made your arms flail. Well, other than that, you've been perfectly good. Well, maybe not quite as good as you should. For remember that time that you fought with your sister, how you wrestled and pushed her and gave her a blister? Perhaps then you aren't quite as good as you ought. Perhaps then you aren't quite as safe as you thought. Oh, what shall you do as the Krampus draws near? Remember, he has quite a sensitive ear. It's attuned to the cries of the children who now remember some deeds that they'd like to avow. But what shall you do? Oh, where shall you hide? For this devil has torments he longs to provide to children like you who might slightly deserve a fright that's specifically meant to unnerve. I see you now wonder and tremble in fear, for the Krampus is certainly frighteningly near. What good are your tears? What good is your pride when he opens his sack and he stuffs you inside? It's only one night. It's just once a year. If only you'd listened and been less severe, for then the Krampus would not have your scent and you'd have so much less cause to lament. What's that at the door? What's that at the stair? Crawl under your bed and be sure to forswear every moment of naughtiness that you did this year. Just be very quiet and whisper a prayer. Perhaps now the Krampus is back in his lair. But be very sure, ere you turn out the light, you are certain that you closed your window tonight. And make sure you're quiet. And under your sheet, for the Krampus is out tonight, looking for meat.
Whilst researching the legend of Krampus, I stumbled across some other fairy tale origins that I would like to share with you. Fairy tales are magical and inspiring, enchanting and full of learning. Some fairy tales are based on legends that incorporated a spiritual belief of the culture in which they originated. However, many fairy tales and legends behind them are actually the deluded versions of uncomfortable and gruesome historical events. These dark stories may be too terrifying for many kids and even adults. These stories with horrific origins often involve rape, incest, torture, cannibalism. They are now sugar-coated and topped with sophistication and magic. In the version of Sleeping Beauty that you must have heard, the beautiful princess is put to sleep forever when she pricks her finger on a spindle. She sleeps for 100 years when a prince finally arrives and kisses her. They fall in love, get married and get there happily ever after. But in the original story, the young woman is put to sleep because of a prophecy rather than a curse. And it isn't a kiss of a prince that wakes her. But in fact, when a king sees her asleep, he rapes her. After nine months, while still asleep, she gives birth to two children. One of the children sucks her finger, removing the piece of flax which was keeping her asleep. She wakes up to find herself raped and the mother of two children. Also, in the movie Snow White, she wakes up from a magical kiss by a prince, but in the original version, she is woken up by jousting Prince Horse, who is taking her back to the castle. You can just imagine what the prince would do with a dead girl's body. And in the Grimm's version of Snow White, the tale ends with the queen being forced to dance to death on red-hot iron shoes. In the version of The Little Mermaid, the film ends with Ariel being changed into a human so she can marry Eric. They get married at a beautiful ceremony attended by humans and mere people. However, in the first version by Hans Christian Andersen, the mermaids see the prince marrying the princess as she despairs. She is offered a knife to kill the prince, but she instead jumps into the sea and dies by turning to froth. Andersen later modified the ending slightly to make it a little bit more pleasant. In the new ending, the mermaid, instead of dying by turning into froth, becomes a daughter of the air, waiting to go to heaven, which still means she is dead. In Little Red Riding Hood, our own widely heard versions of Little Red Riding Hood ends with Riding Hood being saved by the woodsman who kills the wicked wolf. The original French version of the tale was not this happy. In the original version, the little girl is well-bred young lady who is given false instructions by the wolf to her grandmother's house. She then takes the advice and gets eaten by the wolf, and the story ends here. There was no woodsman, no grandmother, just a lesson not to take advice from strangers. In the tale of the Pied Piper, a village is swarming with rats. A man arrives and offers to rid the town of rats. To this, villagers agree to pay huge sums of money if the piper could do it, which he does. He plays music on his pipe and draws all the rats out of the town. When he returns, the villagers refuse to pay the money, so the Pied Piper decided to rid the town of the children too. In modern versions, the Pied Piper draws the children to the cave out of town and where the townsfolk finally agree to pay up. In the darker original, the Pied Piper leads the children to a river where they all drown. 
except a lame boy who couldn't keep up. Some modern scholars say that there are connotations of paedophilia in this fairy tale. So there you have it. Sleep well everyone.